Welcome to the Bards FM podcast, and this is Scott Kesterson. And tonight you're listening to part two of a conversation with Dr. Lee Merritt. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And this is part two of the Bards FM special tonight. Typically, this is Fishers of Men, as you know. But tonight, we're having a two-part Bards FM to cover the second part of the interview with Dr. Lee Merritt, which is just a great discussion and conversation about so many things. And as the first part ended, the second part will kick in here in just a moment. Before we begin, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep, especially in these days with all this crazy world going on. They want to disrupt your sleep, give you stress, make you anxious, all the things you don't need for strong health and immune systems. And the way you can get a great night's sleep is to go over to MyPillow.com. Head over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, and your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S, and you check that out over there, and there's all sorts of incredible products that ensure that you're going to get a great night's sleep. The MyPillow Classic, which is fantastic. The Giza cotton sheets, incredibly comfortable. The mattresses, amazing. The mattress toppers, amazing. The comforters, the duvets, the whole thing, the whole package is right there. Everything you need to ensure that you get a fantastic night's sleep. And when you get up in the morning, you got your My Slippers. You slip those on, and you can even make some My Coffee. All fantastic products at a great price with from a great company. Remember, right now, without if we hadn't had the efforts of Mike Lindell, so much of this exposure to this election would not have happened. And that has happened because patriots have stayed loyal to MyPillow. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Check out the incredible products over there. There's great things for the children. There's there's my pillow pajamas. There's everything over there. Everything you need for a great night's sleep. And use your promo code Bards for an incredible incredible savings. If you want to speak to a real person, you can just dial 800-975-2939. 800-975-2939. Use that promo code, and you are off to the races. And you'll have have a chance then to speak to a real live person. A Patriot Pillow Counselor is on standby. So again, Patriots, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards, or 800-975-2939, always promo code Bards. All right, Patriots, we have a great second part of this interview. This is about an hour and five minutes. It's well worth your time. I hope you enjoy it. And so without further ado, let's bring back Dr. Lee Merritt. We have to look at the possible. I think back to the quote by Arthur Conan Doyle's character, Sherlock Holmes. How often have I said to you that when you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. I think there's so much absolute truth in that statement. Right. Um, I want you to unpack something you just said. Wavelength can transmit disease itself. Can you unpack that a little bit? Sure, sure. Well, I, you know, I knew my high school or college Russian would pay off someday. So anyway, I mean, that's one of the things I did really early on. So, so let me just interrupt you real quick here, because I don't think most people know this. 
you speak, or at least you read Russian pretty well. Yeah, I read it right? enough to find things. I, I'm not saying I can do it without help. Right. So you're you're reading into source literature the way most people aren't. We're relying on translations, which is always at the mercy of the AI Google translator. So who knows what that's going to do? Right. But you're reading in source, which is really important. That's why I wanted to highlight that point. Continue. Right. And I'm not saying I do it well, but I have to have a lot of help. But I can find what I was able to do early on is I just went to the Russian news on my computer, you know, and I scanned it and I looked for certain things. Like I looked for the term bioweapons. I looked for COVID. I looked for things that, you know, if you at least read Cyrillic, it's not hard to read the COVID anyway. And I found the Russian bioweaponeers. I also knew some names that I could search for. And I started looking that way. Well, anyway, um, uh, one of the things I looked for more recently, because I kind of did a deep dive, I sent you a copy of that, I think of the pandemic of 1918. And I, and I do believe that that started as an electromagnetic disease. It was, an, it was, it, it started because these farm boys that were not around any electricity went to the training camp at Fort Riley, Kansas, where they were to, they were training to be telegram operators. And suddenly they sat under miles of copper wiring and they started getting sick, but it didn't kill them. It just made them sick. Okay. That's, there's more to that story. But in the process of this, it led me to looking around for some electromagnetic disease production stuff. And I came across a guy named Kaznacheyev and Kaznacheyev in the twenties and I think thirties in Novosibirsk, I think in Russia, in the Soviet Union, he um, he was a doctor and he did this thousands of times. So this is not a one off study. Um, what he did was he took a tissue and a tissue by definition is a, is, a, is a one type of cell. So if you have liver tissue, that's different cells than if you have muscle tissue. But whatever he took, he divided it in two pieces. So he had two identical cell types and he put one in side A, Petri dish, side B, and he connected them by an optical window. And if and then what he did was these are hermetically sealed. I mean, they're out, they're out of the atmosphere and everything. They're in a test situation. Only can com common I mean, the only commonality between these side A and side B is they can see each the tissue can, cells can see each other through this window, right? Then he poisoned side A. And he would poison it like with radiation was a favorite, or arsenic, or some kind of uh, cyanide or or toxin staph. Staph aureus toxins, whatever he found, he would he would poison side A and watch what happened to side B, and side B was unpoisoned, right? Well, it turned out if there was window glass in that optical window, nothing happened to side B. Well, that's interesting. But then when he put, I don't know how he thought to do this, but when he put quartz as the as the the optical window, the same thing that was poisoning side A, he got the same symptoms in side B. So if side A was damaging, was dying of radiation poisoning, he had quartz window between them. After about 12 hours, side B would start dying of exactly the same disease. Okay, it would desire, if he's poisoned it with radiation, they'd die of radiation. If he poisoned it with arsenic, they'd die of arsenic poisoning. Different, different uh, symptomatology, different cellular changes. Okay, now how can that be? So the 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 Russian scientists that looked at this they called it the uh, photoni smear the death photons okay and um, it had to do with the fact that quartz will allow ultraviolet and near ultraviolet rays to get through but not so much window glass so what this says is there's a possibility of transmitting death listen so this was just this was kind of passive but let's oh well there's another point to be made here so then. In more modern times, two very well, they used to be well-respected until they got into this, 
And that was, um, uh, why am I having a, a brain fart? Um, the, uh, there are two French scientists, Jacques, Jacques Benveniste and um, uh, the HIV gold, uh, Nobel laureate. I'll think of the names. Anyway, these two guys both showed that you could capture the, the electromagnetic signature of a bioactive molecule, put a bioactive molecule, whether it was one of them was DNA and one of them it was a, an immunoglobin. You put a bioactive molecule in fluid, in, in saline or, or water, and then you captured its biosignature, its electromagnetic signature. And then you could literally project that signature onto more another vial and recreate the effect of that molecule or recreate the molecule. And um, so let's suppose that, and, and interestingly, if you try and look at this literature in English, what will happen is you will, you will find that the, the Americans, the, you know, the English speaking people, the scientists, they discredited Kaznachev's work. They just said it was just nonsense. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything. But if you find an English translated paper, you don't have the, you don't have the authority to read it. What? Again, they're hiding this, okay? But there was a, the Germans took this on after Kaznachev, and in the 30s or sometime later, they started doing work. And guess what, the mark, guess what the name of the lab was? It was the Marburg lab that started doing this work. Now, we're hearing Marburg. I mean, it's all, it just because it's like, it's like, it's like George Carlin once said, it's, it's a small club and we're not in it. But now we're catching little glimpses of it, you know? It's like they all kind of know about this except us. So there's an electromagnetic signature of these bioactive molecules and these photons obviously have an electromagnetic signature. So let's suppose that, the, so they knew that, so a certain wavelength, which, you know, whether it's particles or waves, the, the whole physics argument, these, you can capture that wavelength. Let's suppose that you capture the death photons for whatever they call COVID and you broadcast it from 5G towers. I think they can turn on any kind of disease they want. They want make, you could have cholera. They take somebody with cholera, they capture the, they capture the signature, they broadcast it and then give you cholera without the germ. I, I can't prove it. I suspect that's what can be done. And if I'm thinking about it, they probably can do it. All right. Well, this is, I'm just going to give you a little walk back to a science fiction film. It would be Star Trek The Next Generation when they discovered that the Romulans had come up with a way from space to transmit a disease using uh, the electromagnetic transfer of oh my gosh it was there it was in that it was in that movie it's predictive programming it like is. jay dyer says i mean it's predictive programming they're telling us they they this creepy religion this babylonian tell this uh moloch worshiping religion they somehow have to tell us what they're going to do absolutely and they keep doing it or they just have fun playing with us like we're kind of you know their pet cat i i don't know but they're they're broadcasting this all the time there is some sort of a release in them telling us the truth somehow they're they see themselves as releasing themselves from, from some sort of spiritual liability or something or other. I, I think so. I mean, I think this goes right into this. You chose to do it. Right? We, we told you and you chose anyway. Well, and I think this goes right into this interview and you posted it and I post, I played it yesterday with Netanyahu where he literally maps out like, okay, this is why Israel was as a country. We chose this. We offered our, I offered Israel as the Petri dish to Pfizer then with our biomedical cards, we were able to give everybody, and then he kind of like without their names, as if we're going to believe that, um, all their information. And this information is going to be 
where it's going to allow us to now accurately tell them what happens when they get this injection, what sort of consequences happen. And then the next layer he goes on is to say that we're going to overlay this data with DNA. So of course you're going to keep all that anonymized and not, we know that's not going to be happening, but they're trying to create this incredible database. And as he even says, Israel will be at the leading edge now of this new biomedical science thing. And this is where I get into this real complicated scenario we're in because I'm understanding, I mean, I, I don't have any question that we're into a very significant change, but that type of industry just doesn't go away overnight. And nor are we hearing anybody really talking about getting rid of these massive databases of information that they have on everybody. I don't think people comprehend right. the magnitude of data scraping and compiling that has happened on every person on the face of the earth. You know what's creepy that I thought when I, I couldn't help but listening to Netanyahu read about this because you know you become your parents no matter how much you might try and fight against that. And my dad always was fascinated with. He was a physician. It was like, look at the Germans doctors do what they did. You know, that was his thing, the history of the Nazi doctors. And I inherited his library and I inherited this thinking about this. And, and one of the things though, that I tried to figure out and I didn't come up with solid evidence for, but I kept saying, you know, outside all the, the, the forced labor camps, the like Auschwitz and Dachau and all of them, they had what they called Hollerath buildings and Hollerath is a precursor of IBM. And I didn't know this until I, I read a lot of stuff about this, but basically IBM went over and through the Bank of International Settlements, they helped the Nazis set this all up. Uh, and it was to codify, like, so So when you got, when you picked up, let's say let's say Auschwitz needed new, more uh, tailors. They needed somebody to make the, make the prison outfits. So they had these cards, these Holorath were these old punch card system of computing, the early punch cards. And so they could run these punch cards and they could find out, oh, we have a tailor over in Paris, Jewish tailor, go pick him up the next load. So they had the demographics of all these people that went to the death camps on these Holorath cards. When they got on the train, they never show you this on anything, but this is what would happen when they got on the train, they had a card on them that they gave to the, they had a card and they were, it's like your ticket, but it had all your da data. And then when you got to your destination, that card was taken and put into the system. So they knew where you were. Now, my question in this whole thing was, how did they get all this demographic data on people? Oh, that's a great question. And you know, the only thing I came up with was that they were registering for government run healthcare everywhere. That's what they were doing in Germany. Everybody registered for government run healthcare after Kaiser Wilhelm put that in place. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking if there's a historian out there that can answer that question, but there's, you know, now we're used to, we got, we're all tracked. We all sign up for social security or whatever they do in Israel. But I was shocked. I mean, I've been saying from the get go that, you know, the fact that it was all Pfizer in Israel, what's going on over there. They, this is like, this is like Pfizer's Petri dish. And then Netanyahu said, we offered to be Pfizer's Petri dish. <laughs> if you're an Israeli and you live there, aren't, don't you, don't you want to feel like a, a lab rat? I mean, I, I, you, this is unbelievable. I just can't, I can't even, I have no words. Well, I, and I think this is what, this is part of this whole greater discussion of the awakening, which I think is an important component is seeing the truth and then like reacting to the truth. Right. right. So people are very much exposed. And unfortunately, as they're exposed right now, there's a, a lot of 
overload, I think would be the right, they're in brain overload with a lot of what's going on. Those that have been working in the awakening fight here were pretty much inoculated to overload when we get it sometimes, but you just kind of sit back and you're like, oh, <laughs> here's another crazy. <laughs> I mean, you Kilted Christian Duncan, who runs Kilted Christian, he and I have this ongoing thing of what's the craziest news story that we can find. And I will tell you that, I mean, here's some of the crazy ones. In I was going to say, you got a recent one. I want to hear the. Oh, yeah. So here's a cr- couple of crazy ones. This was a few weeks ago. This this held pinnacle for a while. Um, and it was that there was a woman that worked in a morgue as a mortician. And she was able to pregnant with a corpse. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that that was that was the one thing, and then we we went on to from there. Uh, Duncan came up with this thing that is just insane. It's men who wanting to emulate having a menstrual cycle, so they're oh, freezing ketchup and putting I it in themselves. All right, and if and if that wasn't enough, then you've got this thing called transabled. Have you heard about this? No, transabled. Transabled. Transabled are people that believe that they are disabled, but they should be disabled. So you have <laughs> one dude that had his arm cut off. You have another dude that infected his kneecap to have intentionally to have his leg amputated. Another woman that they're interviewing that's in leg braces and wants to be in a wheelchair, wants to have her husband push her around. And here's the peak stupid right here. Another woman that took Drano and poured it in her eyes because she thought she needed to be blind. Yeah, now we used to call that Munchausen's. When you actually do things to make yourself sick, to get the, for whatever psychiatric reason you you need, yeah. Right. That and used so to be called Munchausen's. What, what has happened here is that with each of these steps, we're seeing that in this trans movement, we're seeing a couple of things which I think are very dangerous in a, in a societal level. The trans policies that are being put in place are not going to go away quickly. In fact, the Republican Party now is embracing the trans movement on its conservative side, whatever the heck that looks like. What we're seeing now is this mainstreaming of rights, like we're supposed to, these people now, the minute they do something outlandish, we're supposed to acknowledge them for their rights of being, you know, transabled now or whatever else, or, you know, pedophiles or they're going to be child love things. That's just a way of life. And and so they're, they're fortifying their position by creating laws and protections around this. Yeah. But I also think it's a seeding to the idea of transhumanism, right. which is to blur the concept of what we are as humans to such a neurotic degree that when they finally push into the technological boundaries of transhumanism, that'll seem pretty easy to accept compared to some of this other thing. What do you think? Well, I do. And I think what's happening too is if you're, if you're two guys and you want to have a baby, and you're genetically men, you can dress up like a woman all you want to, but you don't have a womb. But this will this will enable the concept, and you know they can do it, of the artificial womb. And and as someone told me, maybe it was you, that you thought Planned Parenthood would morph into the birthing center of these artificial womb babies. Yes. So I think that's kind of where this goes. Now, you know, but again, a lot of this stuff, we – we get kind of depressed when we look at all these things like the satellites and this, and it's all seemed to be attacked, but keep in mind at the top of this pyramid are very few people. And, and my point 
you know, when I think about uh, the German experience and the, and the death camps and the things that happened over there, what the, the guys in control, like you said, they, they have this weird religion and they put this stuff out on Hollywood, but they don't get their own hands dirty. They, you know, Albert Berla did not kill one person with this uh, Pfizer vaccine. He just helped design it and fund it, right? It's the little people. They get us to, they get us to do our own, to, to participate in our own demise Absolutely. in the evil. We, we have to stop. So there are very few of them. There's eight and a half billion of us. These are the 1% of the 1% of the 1% that are running this show. Look at BlackRock. Look at all the companies that are actually owned, all the news, all the different things. It's not a bunch of different things that are all saying the same thing. It's one company in different guises. And a few people in all these different guises are running this show. If we don't participate, they can't run it. And I would just make that point is our way out of this, besides being smart and figuring out things that can help us physically, is to not participate. And when when you look at what happened in Nuremberg 1, because um, speaking of your threat to them that apparently got their attention, I like that a lot. Right. Um, but on the other hand, Nuremberg 1 didn't do exactly what we say it did. I mean, they, yeah, they put up a show trial and they, they ran around and they did some things and some people got hung. But look at how many people got hung versus the, the whole Nazi experience. And they hung the red shirts. What they did was they hired the technocrats. They came over to America and are running this now. So they came, you know, uh, one, one is, and this is not just speculation. I can name names. I mean, Otto Ambrose is the most notorious possibly, but he was, he was, he was given, I think, eight years in uh, prison after, because he was in charge of the Buna plant at Auschwitz, right? Mm -hmm. He was jumping over dead bodies to measure for this Buna plant, claiming he didn't know what was going on. Well, they gave him eight years. And during that time, he worked in his chemistry lab in Auschwitz and he created a drug, um, that later was uh, quite dangerous. But in any case, he brought it when he got out. What did he do for work? He took this drug and he took some other things he had developed in Auschwitz and he went over and worked for the British pharmaceutical companies. Yes. So you see, uh, they, they're doing it kind of again. We're not hearing from anybody that's actually the perpetrators here. The people that actually made this, you know, this whole Wuhan lab leak, Wuhan lab leak. And my husband thinks, I don't believe you. I, it's a Wuhan lab leak. They keep telling me this. <laughs> I even have to argue with him. I said, I'm not going to argue with you. You can believe what you want. But quite frankly, that's disinformation so that you don't look at DARPA, BARDA, and, and named entities in America that work with bioweaponeers and that are on the W-9 or they sign a W-9 or a W-2 to our federal government to do this. Yeah, that's the real problem. You're not hearing the names. Not one real bioweaponeer has testified to Congress. Now, they have in the past. Well, they've got Fochians, which we know is the bag man. I mean, he, he's going to take the fall for this. Yeah, he's just, these are the money, money. The, the, he's the, exactly, he's the bagman. I use that term all the time. He's the guy that could withdraw NIH funds if you didn't go along with the program. That's it. Gave you the funds. Don't, your hospitals don't vaccinate. And so the focus is going to go on Fochi. We're not getting yet to the real core of the criminals on this. And that's right. where the real danger of this. Right. And we have some of them speaking out in our movement. You know, I mean, I'm going to tell you, the problem is we have to realize that we are being taken for a ride here on this whole uh, responsibility. But here's the point I'm going to make at some point, And I said this to my representative, uh, one of my representatives that I like a lot. He's really, really a good guy. And he's, he's, he doesn't care about getting reelected. He's standing up. This is at the state level. He's standing up for these things. 
But at some point, responsibility needs to be had. And what happened in Germany is going to happen again, is that the real guys that did this to us are going to walk. They can't, they didn't, because they didn't get their hands dirty. Who actually injected this? When it really comes out, when people are really, just in my state of Iowa, I noticed that last, they had the data. And last year in the winter, there were 300 on average excess deaths every month in the winter. And, and there were about 200 to 250 decreased births, okay? Decreased live births. And that doesn't even include the ones, the babies that died shortly thereafter birth, okay, from this. But we know it's happening. We know that infertility is happening. We know that, you know, Jim Thorpe, uh, Dr. Thorpe is OBGYN. He could show you all the, st- the statistics about, I mean, it's in the thousands of percentile of increase in, in, in maternal fetal loss. And, uh, the, and, and then there's the concern that it doesn't just sterilize. It might not sterilize you, but it might sterilize the baby fetus. You have the female in you, won't, their ovaries won't work the next time. So it's going to sterilize the future. We are in a demographic nightmare. And this was my point to him. I said, you know, you know, he's saying, well, we'll get this figured out by 2024 and we're going to get this and we're getting more people on our side. I said, if you knew, if you knew that your school was clandestinely sterilizing children, you know, from kindergarten to 12th grade down in your local school, what you, what would your response be? Would you think you could vote that away? No. <laughs> you know, do you think you have time to go to the Congress and get a, get a bill? You know, the fact that 12 or 19, no, 20 governors signed a thing, including mine saying, well, we've stopped the mandate of this COVID vaccine for children in school. No, you didn't because they just announced and I can see it. You can see it. If you look at the boxes, they have combo flu COVID vaccine. So they're still killing the children. They're still vaccinating the children with it. And they're taking political credit for it. DeSantis is one of them. I'm sorry. You know, we need to wake up. So my point is, is at some point, this is a criminal action and the criminal aspect of this. It's like in, in Germany, in the, in, in the all wars, there's always the guy on the top that comes up with how makes he makes the trains run in Auschwitz, the Eichmanns, but he didn't kill anybody. He didn't go in there and put anybody in a gas chamber. That was us. That was the little people that they co-opt to do it. And in this one, what we have to wake up and realize is it's the nurses and it's the pharmacy techs and it's hired hands that are injecting this into people. And we need to stop them. I'm sorry. If you're one of them, you need to stop because the, the Albert Burlas of this world are going to walk. They're going to get away. Or if they don't get away, they're not, they're not going to change the equation in the future. No. We have to stop. Tune cede malice. Do not accede to evil. Don't be their hands. Do not be their hands. Do not be the hands of evil in the hospital with, with children, any of this stuff. That's what this is. That's what, how this is even happening. They know how to, they know how to, to use ment- mental status and, and philosophy and psychology to get us to do our own demise. And it's so tragic. No, it's absolutely true. We're into an interesting phase right now. We're starting to see a lot more consequence of the vax. It's, it's pretty much, yes. it's hard to, not run into somebody that hasn't either had a family member or an extended family friend network that has been affected by the vax. For those that have taken it that don't have any symptoms or haven't had any side effects, uh, what's your thoughts on that? I would still do what I what I'm doing anyway. I would do I would take some carbon sixty. I would 
boost, I would eat well, I would boost up your immunity by, you know, periodic fasting, or I'd take some EDTA to get out some of this stuff. And I would do a parasite protocol because ultimately parasites, they're, one of the ways that this, we, pretty, I'm pretty sure one of the ways this thing is killing us, this is in my thing, my argument, my, my you know, points to me made about this is that they're liberating our parasites. That's what's, that's what's taken us down. You know, people take it and their cancer suddenly blooms out that hasn't been, that's been in control for five years, but that's what's cancer. It turns out there's a lot of researchers now saying cancer is parasites and there's a lot of evidence for this. And we're not talking about just worms in your gut. We're talking about microscopic intracellular parasites that are not being recognized for what they are. And so what we have to do is, re is realize that these things are long-term deadly, not just short-term. And if you look at the numbers out of the uh, ONS data in Britain, and you look at the death in like, like the over 60 year olds, it just keeps going up. In other words, it's so far, we haven't seen anything plateau. It's not, it gets, you know, it's faster at first, but then it keeps accruing because things keep happening. And we're seeing, I mean, look at some of these young athletes. I mean, you talked about your, your funniest news data. One of the ones I think are the funniest is they're trying to blame the death of the soccer players and some of these young athletes on the field to the whistles. The referees' whistles. That was that was my favorite bizarre <laughs> news article. But the, you know, these guys are. It's not just right after they take them. Although in a lot of cases, it's within a few weeks. There are people that are over six months out that are dropping over. So just because you don't feel, and I know for a fact, talking to a, a, a natural type medical doctor practitioner, um, that there was somebody that kind of got vaccine remorse, didn't have symptoms, but they checked them out. And they check it with a D-dimer. The people that are awake and realizing what's going on. The D-dimer is a subtle, very sensitive check, apparently, of clotting. It's one of those Dr. Huff in Canada figured this out, that your D-dimer goes up, and that correlates with symptoms. But anyway, he, this person did not have any elevation in their D-dimer. And then about four, five, six months later, they started getting symptoms. I can't remember. It was in that window. I can't remember exactly. Started getting symptoms. They redid the D-dimer. Now it's going up. This is quite late. Wow. Yeah, so unfortunately, we're not out of this. But I think the I think one of the reasons they keep telling us it's genetic is because that that's a very people can be fatalistic. They say, "Oh, it's changed my DNA and my kids' DNA. I shouldn't have done this. It's horrible. We'll never get out of this." I don't think that's right. I say, do not despair. They're lying to you. It's too complicated to do what they're telling you. There, what they did is simple. They've poisoned you. Let's just detox you. Get yourself out of this. I think we can do it. I don't think I, I just I just don't think there's usually in medicine we figure out some way of helping people. You know, we didn't used to know how to how to treat people with cholera. And now we now we we kind of understand how to do that. You know, it's just one day we figured it out. I think that's dead on on your site, your Telegram site, which I really want people to follow. Lee Merritt, MD, you've posted something here, the shedding of vaccines. Explain that a little bit. Well, I just pointed out, we've always been debating about this shedding and they keep saying, oh, it doesn't happen. And I pointed out early on mm -hmm. that we had literature from back in, I think it was 2015. I haven't thought about it recently, but there was 2015 because remember, these things were not developed to be vaccines. They were developed to be genetic therapies and cancer therapies. And at that time, back in 2015, the FDA sent around documents, a document to their to their researchers, to people doing this kind of research with this mRNA technology. And they said, hey, we're getting these reports of people that are not 
in your study, but they're living with people in your study, or they're in close proximity to people that are in the study, and they're getting sick, and this is what's happening. And it appears there's something coming off these people, and they use the term shedding on the paper. And um, they said your 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 can't your de- your genetic treatment subjects, the ones that you're testing this on, seem to be shedding something that is making people around them sick. We don't know what it is. Uh, we are not sure, but we recommend, we, we think it's either, you know, it could be genetic, it could be infectious, it, should, it could be some recombinant combination of something, we don't know. Now, that's really comforting because they never figured this out before they released this technology in their minds on the whole world, but I don't think it is really genetic, whatever it is this time. But in any case, every time we've seen this, whether it's, yeah, we knew that smallpox vaccine would shed on nearby people because it's a superficial thing. That one we understood. But apparently, uh, I put that up, and I haven't gone through all of the references there, but it gives you the references on shedding of other vaccines. And I think that's important. I just, had, I just stumbled across that, I think, yesterday. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to systematically go through that literature and see what's the mechanism there. Now, I will tell you, in addition to the FDA telling their researchers that you need to, that you need to capture specimens periodically over time of the people in these studies that might be shedding on other people, you need to capture urine, blood, feces, sweat, saliva, tears, that kind of thing. They didn't talk about your breathing. Okay. So again, this lie that we're, we're blowing out little uh, viruses that are making people sick. I don't think that's what it is. I think this is contact. And um, in favor of that, there was a vaccine that was devised to get rid of mice in Australia. And I may have told you about this a long time ago, but now that people are more conversant in the science, it makes more sense to them. Um, a long time ago, the, apparently the Australians have a problem where mice break out, just big, big groups of mice suddenly overgrow. Well, they came up with an idea that they would vaccinate a group of mice and they'd release them on the wild the vaccine was made just like they claimed the Johnson and Johnson was made. It was a, it was an adenovirus uh, or a viral um, replicant deficient virus vector, they call it. And it's basically, they made a, a thing that they'd shoot into the mice and then they would release them into the wild. They would start reproducing this vaccine and it would, it would flow out of their system. And they, when they rubbed up against another mouse, they'd shed it onto them and it killed the female ovaries is how it worked. Okay, so whatever it was in this vaccine, it killed the female ovaries and then they they would rub up against more mice and then they'd kill their ovaries. And it got to be a small group of mice could vaccinate a large, large group of of mice in the wild. Wow. Now, what does that sound like? See, that sounds like what's going on. And if you look at the Japanese early on, they did that pharmacokinetic study and they didn't even have they didn't use any kind of vaccine vector. I mean, viral vector. They just used the lipid nanoparticle which may be all you need to do this effect, you see. And they took that lipid nanoparticle and they found out that it collected in the ovaries 64 times more than in the skeletal muscle. They're targeting female ovaries. This is a depopulation thing, guys. We can't wait forever to stop this. So, the, but it may not, again, so there's part of this we can come out with. It, it may be if you damage your ovaries, it's over for that person. But we may be able to stop that if people recognize it. They take, they try and, that we don't know the actual mechanism of the damage to the ovaries, at least I don't. So maybe there's a way out of a lot of this. We don't know. But I would do what we know. You know, it's, as they say in medicine, here's, my, my, here's why I'm doing what I'm saying on, on my website is that it's okay to miss things you couldn't have treated anyway. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of the, don't, you know, don't miss the treatable. So 
We know that certain things make sense. They, they have some evidence that they seem to be doing things physiologically that would be promising and they don't have a significant risk. Do them. That's my advice. No, I think that's good advice. Do what you can. And, and if we missed the untreatable, we couldn't have done anything about that. Hunger games. Seems like we're, we're in hunger games in so many ways. I mean, I think we've got probably three. What comes to mind very quickly, we've got hunger games. Um, you have 1984 with um, <laughs> Wells, and then you've got uh, Alex Huxley, uh, Brave New World, yeah. which is very apropos because they're using medication. Um, you posted something on Hunger Games, which I thought was interesting, kind of this control room where they were controlling the whole game system. Yes. What's your thought on that? I mean, do you see us being in that much of a matrix, so to speak, or um, is it more of a, a real matrix that, in real world that they're manipulating like a matrix? Because kind of one's a hollow world, which is what we saw in Hunger Games. The other, like we're in, uh, could very well just be the ability to engineer stuff like weather warfare or things like that. What's your thoughts? Right. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I do think there's no question. I mean, they admit they can do weather warfare. And if you take 10 minutes of research, you can find that back into the 1910s, there was a guy that could make it rain in California. And he only got out of the business when he flooded the dam and broke the dam near San Diego. I mean, you know, so, and he did it with a platform. He knew what to put up there and he squirted it up into the atmosphere as high as he could go. Then we went to planes and now we're doing, you know, still doing planes and we've got HARP. The government admits this. So uh, this idea that we're not doing weather warfare, I think is crazy. You know, and we just have. Well, and we have more than HARP too. We have phased right. array radars. We have lasers. We have, there's a lot of things to weather warfare. It's become very sophisticated, very targeted and very right. timed. I mean, I think that takes us even to what we just went through, which is a pretty big weather engineered system. Right. And, 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 and a psychological, it's everything. So, so there you go is that's the real manipulation of the world. And a lot of that's going on the, from the, the, we got the psychologic manipulation of the world that's done by a few people running the same people that set up the Tavistock Institute and the whole, the, the, uh, for lack of a, you know, the, the Uber Lords is what I call them. The same people that run, that own probably BlackRock and run all these companies that do all these things that, that make wars, that fund wars. There's real manipulation of real, real world stuff going on. But as you and I talked about, I think long, long time ago, when we first met, we were talking about, you had said something to me and it really got me thinking about how it, it's not just, it's like when we talk about fake voters or fake votes, how do we really know how many people there are in the world? You know, we say that we have 330 million people in America, but I got to tell you, honestly, we don't have, I mean, it, how do we know that? We know that because we have these electronic databases and there's where the matrix, you know, we have, we have CGI. We know that they can fake pictures of NASA's. We've caught them. We've caught, Biden with his hand going through a microphone. They claimed he was out in the you know back of the White House, which it wasn't, but he claimed he was giving a talk to a bunch of press people there and they had these microphones stuck in there and you could see him in the film, but then his hand went through one of the CGI microphones. I mean, how much of the world is that we see is being made up? I think a lot on television. But the other question is how many people are really do we really have? It's not just about fake voting, it's how many people do we have? And the Russians had a uh, you know, Prokofiev's Lieutenant Kija suite. That's what it was all about, about these two, two Russian soldiers under the czar in the 1800s 
out in the middle of nowhere and they started getting a a check for somebody that wasn't there. So they made up a whole life story to convince this, that there was this Lieutenant Keisha out there that should continue to get this paycheck, which then they were spending on vodka. And, uh, you know, he, he was, they made up his life. They made up his marriage. They told about his great exploits and his deeds. Unfortunately, the czarist army generals, they kept getting these glowing reports of this Lieutenant Keisha and they decided, and the music's of course beautiful. It goes with us. Like they decided we got to go out and visit this outpost and take Lieutenant Keisha a medal. So they sent ahead a, a notice that they were coming out. And then these guys realized, Oh my gosh, the jig is up. And so they had to kill off Lieutenant Keisha. And then you have this very beautiful song about the, the melody of the death of Keisha. But, but when I, when you and I were talking before about this, and then I thought about that, that, that music, how do we know how many people only exist in our government data bank? You know, I, you know, let's say we have generations that could have been born, lived, collected social security and died and voted that were nothing but ciphers in our government data banks. All right. So let me add to this because this, <laughs> you, there is hard evidence showing this is true. Oh, really? Yeah. I yes. thought I just. So you and I are on the same path because I called Dr. Frank the other day. You know who Dr. Frank is? Yeah. So he's been doing that, you know, house by house, county by county effort to validate the voter, not the vote. Really important. Like, do you live yes. in this household? So in a certain sense, he's doing an indirect census. Yes. And he and I had a very good conversation. And here, here's the conclusion. I think we've both arrived at a general consensus that a minimum of 10 and possibly as high as 30% of our population number is completely wrong. Wow. That they are, it's a combination of recycled old, old voter names to uh, people that have been displaced from one state to the other. Keep in mind that some of this isn't just necessarily had to be made up. You move from one state to another, they keep you active in another state. Oh my gosh. I found this out. Do you know, I voted for the Democrat Senator in Arizona this year. I didn't know this. This is great. <laughs> I haven't lived there since 2009. <laughs> I didn't think Wonderful. to stop. I'm going to have to contact them because I, the only thing I found it out is she thanked me for my support. I think I donated to her too, I guess. Right. And is this amazing? So you, <laughs> they, these, these people can be counted into the census. So this goes back to yeah. President Trump and his c calling for a census and their freak out. And we assumed oh, that it was yeah. illegal aliens. What we didn't assume that it was ghost voter rolls and ghost people. We didn't assume that. And we should have. We should have right. known better. And but think when, of the slush money. Start, right. Well, imagine this. So now you look at, at t uh, Twitter and what this purge of bots, of active AI bots that have been actually with full profiles and personalities. We're looking at the military's use of Twitter where they were creating with AI full profiles and personalities. Okay. If you add a social security number with that, imagine the amount of money you're pilfering off the American public. So let's say that it's, let's just say that it's, 20 to 30 percent of the public you're talking about 80 60 70 80 million people times a social security check each month of 500 to a thousand dollars times a medicaid check times whatever else you're getting you're talking in the terms of hundreds of millions and eventually billions of dollars of pilfering right off the top that's going into some black fund for somebody yeah black program black program or it's going into somebody's pocket you know, 10 yeah, a trillion here, a trillion there, and pretty soon we're talking about real money. <laughs> there you go. So this isn't just a theory. 
I mean, the numbers yeah. that they're seeing are starting to show that's, that these voter rolls are over and wrong. So Oregon, for example, activated a 104%. I love this. It's in our face. 104% of the voter rolls are active. And people in the state are like, oh, we lost the election. And I'm like, uh, anything close is off by 4% right off the bat. That's just That's not even a debatable right. issue. It's off by 4%. There's voter fraud in your face. But that is also probably much more than that because when you get into these roles, again, you're talking about census numbers. When we unravel this, as we are unraveling this, I should say, the level of fantasy and matrix-level living that we've been in is quite literally stunning because now if you're talking about that, you could manufacture large percentages of a party like the Democrats or the Republicans. They're going to swing on that anyway that literally don't exist, that put full people in power. We're at a point right now that the the insanity of this is that literally we don't have any control in our voting system when we don't have any numbers no. in our country. So if you don't have those two things, you're living literally in a, in a fiction is what's happening. Yeah, it is a fiction. You're right. And they make you feel guilty about not voting. And I did vote this year, but I'm going to tell you, you didn't. You, I didn't really vote. Obviously, I voted twice. I didn't really vote. I voted. I just pushed the numbers. I just pushed the buttons and or or filled it out and had the machine count it. But the machine voted. I didn't vote. Right. So let me add to this, too, because we get back into COVID and we looked at and you mentioned it earlier about the deaths early on. Well, when we take and I'm just going to say, because I know you're careful. I'm not. We talk about Malone, who's an absolute chill and controlled hand puppet in this whole thing. The guy who invented this bioweapon that's suddenly out here to save humanity. That's giving us this ground chase into spike proteins, which is right. most of it's false. But when you add to that, this idea of it was targeted as a virus that was hitting the elderly. Here's the question we really should be asking. Where's the bodies and where's the funerals? And where's the families? Right. Okay. So if you had a bloated voter roll set, how difficult would it be to make up a Medicaid case of somebody dying and there's no death at all, but it perpetuates a fear which promotes a psychosis in society to ultimately get to the real delivery of the real weapon, which is the one injecting in your arm. That's the real weapon. Right. To your point as well, think about this one. When you talk about the real perpetrators not being held accountable, people are like, I want I, I want these people held accountable because they literally have been killing elderly. Well, technically, if what I just said was true, the answer would be no, you didn't. You haven't proven that. Yeah. You just performed a fraud of money. That has to be taken into a whole other account. You're not even accountable for crimes against humanity because, no, I didn't. I just cleared some voter rolls. That's it. Yeah. So I think it's a combination. No, they are killing people, but they're also they're also doing something to the the numbers, the general numbers. Right. So yeah, and I don't want to make it sound and I, I always qualify this. I no way am I going to one side and saying nobody died. People are dying. It's real. And people did die. We know that. And I think a lot of what you said earlier is true, which is it's the it was the an, an exaggerated flu or there was the the comorbidities that they had, tying them in together, not treating them with medications properly, instrumenting death. But there was another chunk of this that very easily could have just been like, hey, we've got 100,000 people that just need to be erased off the system. We're going to create death certificates for them and their, their, their right. internet. And I don't think we considered that. Avatars is all they are, essentially. 
They now have a death certificate and a register of COVID, and that money goes into the hospital. So I think the level of this scam right. is so fantastic in its ma- in its scope and magnitude that when we sit back to it and realize that what came out of whatever's incubation in this, I'm really suspect that there wasn't really that much involved in the actual engineering of the virus. I think that what was really created was the psychosis of fear through media and, and propaganda and, and psyop. That's my personal opinion, that most of that was created. Well, and, and I will just say that I think there is something that's a bioweapon, probably the same thing that started this, that they used in, in Wuhan to, to start it off. They don't need it. They could have just done it with electromagnetics, but I don't think that's exactly what they did. But I don't think it's this complex genetic uh, RNA, um, very expensive technology, because I think ultimately these guys not only are evil, but they're cheap. They don't, you know, if they can get a, if they can do it cheaper, they're not going to do it more expensive. Well, I'm sure glad you said that because these people are grubs for money grubs and power grubs and they're going to do right. it on the cheap. Right. They're not going to, they're not going to spend all this exotic money to have an exotic attack on humanity. They're going to be like, right. How dumber people. When you can do it simpler, they're going to do it. I mean, and that's not a bad principle in general. If you're going to treat something, the simpler you can make the treatment, the better. So if you're going to kill people in mass, the simpler you could do it, the better you're, you, then you can use your money for the PR part of it. You well, know? What, what's simpler than human behavior? I mean, it's quite frankly, these if there's one thing these people are great at, it's the understanding of human behavior. Right. They're, they're masters of this. So they don't have to, they can create a force multiplier simply by having one person do an action and they know that many people will follow. Or like we see on Twitter, they managed to create entire echo chambers of people believing that they actually were getting responses to their threads when it was nothing more than AI bots. That is phenomenal to me. Oh, that's what you said to me uh, years ago. You said, we don't just have fake people on the internet. We have fake communities. Correct. And that is that that I really hadn't thought about that before, but that's exactly what's going on. Right. I mean, then we have fake, really, really really fake communities. I mean, you have people now that will say like, I have 10 friends. And when you dig into it on the average, a person in this day and age will say they have, if you ask somebody and they say they have 10 friends, six of those friends are people they've never met. that are somebody online. Well, they're real. I've talked to them all the time. Really? That's phenomenal. You know, it was back in 2012 <laughs> or 2013. I was down at USC's labs. It was working with DARPA. And they were developing the, the what today we refer to as kind of an AI chat bot but this thing was capable of that at that time of writing its own blog posts and of responding to comments. That was in 2013. Today, people are stunned by this new chat GBT and they're like, look at what it will write. And I'm like, dude, that's old technology. That's just right. an AI that's been nurtured a bit more, but that technology has been around. What we don't know is what's behind that. Right, right, right. right. And, and so People are easily living in entire virtual spaces, thinking these are real communities. We're seeing that. We saw it with, with the purge on Twitter when the, a lot of the, the liberal side was going, hey, my traffic's fallen down. Now all I have is, is conservatives in my feed because you always had only conservatives in your feed. Yeah, the, the rest right? of the people were all fake. Right. Well, and, I mean, and we have fake movements. We have fake, you know, everything. Right. Uh, and so... Here's one last level of the matrix to consider. I'm ready. Go. 
but I'll just roll. So we got it. We got it. Since we're we're going way out there, let's just talk about the Matrix for a second. The one I, I don't really think we're plugged into anything like in the movies. Okay, however, comma. <laughs> so I've been kind of going down a lot of these different things, and one of the things I've been looking at is things like all parts, out of place, out of place artifacts, things that really can't exist, but they do. Okay, things that technologically they say they say these are five thousand years old, but they have technology we don't have today. They still exist. Okay, how do we explain all this stuff? Well, one of the things that's interesting to me is that the ancients, uh, especially by the way, the, the 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 bad guys here, the Satanists, they worship Saturn. Now that goes way back into pre BC. I mean, ancient days. But how did they see Saturn? How did they know it had rings? How did they? How were they able to carve it into stone carvings? Because keep in mind, Saturn is a long way away, and without Galileo's telescope, we couldn't see it. So how did they? How did they know? Okay. Well, there's also a lot of ancient uh, beliefs and, and that that go across cultures and and populations that the um, that the moon appeared that there was the, the era before the moon and after the moon, okay? And then you have Velikovsky and a lot of people that talk about, uh, and, and by the way, Velikovsky, now, now, now I question Einstein, so this may not be a character reference, but I, the story goes that the last thing that Vel Velikovsky actually predicted something about Jupiter that nobody else believed, and, and it was turned out to be true, and after it was true because he was a friend of Einstein, and Einstein said, whatever Velikovsky wants, uh, Tell just don't stud, do it, study it because he's probably right. Because he wrote this book, Worlds in Collision. Now, what his point was is that Saturn at one time was probably closer to us, and that after there was a collision within our solar system and a big cataclysm on Earth or cataclysm, that this Saturn moved farther out. But one of whatever is whatever the truth here is, we we've we've dropped rockets onto the moon that rang it like a bell. They did multiple studies trying to show what the moon was made of. And they found that it wasn't hot, it wasn't solid, it rung like a bell, they said. And again, who knows if they're telling us the truth, but then they also say that the, that the craters are all about the same depth. That doesn't go along with something that's been sitting there randomly hit by ast asteroids and things. So the moon is there, and it's, not, it's also very atypical for any, there's no other moon like it that we've ever seen. It's way too big for the size of the planet. All these other moons, if you look at them, they're very, very tiny compared to the size of the planet. And it's in this total geosynchronous orbit where we never see the backside of the moon. Again, that's not true of other moons, just ours. Now, the reason I bring this up is we've been talking about wavelength and manipulating people through wavelength. One of the things that we now know, I think, I do think we know this, but again, you know, this dealing with NASA stuff, who knows? Um, Saturn, those rings change. You'll see pictures of them that over time, the people that are actually independent of NASA looking at this stuff, they can tell you those aren't fixed rings. They're changing and they're, they're a harmonic. Those rings are a harmonic. They're a, this is Saturn puts out a sound. So one of the theories here is that Saturn is bombarding us with a wavelength, you know, and, and now that it's farther away, they had to put in an, an amplifier and that's the moon. But that we are being bombarded with this satanic, Saturnalian, Saturn-producing wavelength that has changed the world ever since it started doing this. Interesting. That's a, that's a really interesting. I, I'm very familiar with uh, so, the Russian work in terms of hollow moon. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really solid research that they've done because they, they, 
they tied that together with a lot of their um, space program, Soyuz program. So that, yeah. that's not just random science work. The Russians have been out there on a, a lot of these fringe edges um, where, and we're seeing that as there's more openness coming out, at least since the end of Glasnost. Um, there's, we've been definitely seeing yeah. some transparency coming out of there that we don't have on this end. So that's an interesting piece. Yeah, I, I, I think we're going to find a lot of things that we believed about our reality are not, not true including the number of people that we have on the assertion. Well, I'll tell you right now, just just discovering that J&B Whiskey now has a transgender grandpa that's drinking its whiskey in its latest ad, that was enough to, like, I... <laughs> okay, now they're screwing with our booze. That's a serious offense. That's going to get people riled up. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. It's every day. And there is a level of... I do like the piece. I think I'd like to close here too, just with this point of frequency, which I think is so important that I think when we're looking at frequency, we're looking at some of these weather patterns. We do see accentuations of weather patterns, but there's definitely some stuff happening in the world. that's far beyond engineered weather. Right. Uh, There is definitely evidence that we're going through some form of a pole shift, which in effect is happy. It's going to have a magnetic shift all of those things are going to create a change in the physiology of people. And for those probably injected more than not injected, there seems to be these levels of insanity and psychosis that are cropping up, which includes the entire transgender insanity that we're dealing with right now. I think some of that is a consequence of the time and the kind of this space and energy and frequency level we're dealing with here. Yeah, I think ultimately what's interesting to me is to witness the the solidness of a group, particularly Bard's Nation in all of this, which has a common theme in all of this, which is putting faith center to this and not being trying to walk in the changing reality of the matrix. There is something to Mm -hmm. that. And the reason I come back to that is prayer is frequency and prayer is energy. Right. And and when you combine those things together, very much Tesla, we are frequency, energy and vibration. Prayer is vibration. It's all of those center points. And if you're staying centered right now within this, I think you can weather the storm pretty well and enjoy the show to use a term. (laughs) But not that it isn't a little bit tense and, and crazy. But nonetheless, I do think that that prayer center point and faith is critical to even get through this. Did you notice that Zelensky is rounding up the Orthodox priests, the 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 Orthodox, the, the Eastern Orthodox Church? Um, Interesting. Uh, you know, the, the I guess they call them priests. And uh, contrary to that, and they of course the deep state hates Putin, but in, under his watch, they've had thirty thousand new Orthodox churches stood up. There's there's a lot to this. So people need to get over this idea that oh Russia bad, England good. We're good. China bad. It's not yeah. like that anymore. We're in a world of of very complicated um, edges, and it's not just by nation states. It's by factions. And the idea that we are giving our money to a guy who is a the poster child of the transgender, you know, gay liberation philosophy, who happens to have who looks identical if you age advance him and age regress Soros, they are identical. So they're related. 
somehow. I think that he's his nephew or something. Or cloned. And yeah, and that and that they're and that they're the only country that has an official Nazi part of their their country and their military. You know, we're giving them the money. And people think that I literally, uh, I just can't believe that people are still w- putting out those Ukrainian flags or not paying attention to what's going on. And the God, God-fearing people in Serbia and in Belarus and Russia and stuff, are, they're not just, this isn't just, a, this isn't just a bad guy. Oh yeah, Putin's KGB. This is just a bad action thing again. No. They feel they're fighting for their existence against this demonic West and and I don't disagree with them. I don't either. No, I, I think there's a lot to that. I mean, we're dealing with, that's the other thing too, is in uh, um, all of this, these the technology reveals that, that people are going to have to deal with, I think are, are significant. I mean, understanding that a lot of what's going on in Ukraine is a, is going to, is unraveling a lot of the things we've been involved in, whether it's the yep. weapons lab, what other draconian, craziness was going on there um dna manipulation developing of chimeras uh, the whole thing is is going on there and probably i think this is one that i and i know someone i spoke to just recently was having saying that having a hard time getting their head around cloning cloning's existed in the agriculture industry for years you know that i mean that's like the big thing for beef and to clone and there's a canadian company that admits to doing it they're 20 years old now or 30 years old now and they claim they have people out there yeah i mean it's it's not there's these reveals are out there so it's not a you know when you're able to clone cattle and you're able to clone sheep and you're able to clone goats and you're able to clone your pet which is a feature you can do if you're wealthy down in california right um we're already there for human cloning. We're already there. It's, and I, I think that there's a question, a lot of like, you know, what's the spiritual component of it? Um, how do you have a soul? I don't know that they do. I mean, I think this is what's, what's really interesting. It's, there's a couple of issues that I've read on that technology, which is in itself bizarre, but this is one of them that those that claim that they've been around clones and I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm just, there's no proving this, but it is interesting that what happens to the clone, according to these documentations, long before we knew of this pedophile and pedivore culture, is they descend to pedophilia and pedivore activities. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, um, look at Westworld and look at how the maintenance, I, I think they took Westworld off, by the way. I think that's interesting if that's true. But uh, Westworld showed you that it's very high technology to maintain synthetic robots. Human body robots, natural organic robots would be a lot easier. In other words, they don't have to have a soul. They just have to function, do their job, look like they're real people. And they, they live for a certain period of time. They die. We create more. It's the perfect maintenance-free robots. Well, it is. Uh, and so, you know, Army. you're familiar with the movie Avatar. Right? Yeah. Okay. That technology of a of a brain bridge to an actual bio-grown uh, lab entity, that's not in science fiction. We did, I know. I, we did the open source analysis. That's why it. I'm stressing this, because this was an open source analysis for one of the labs of what technologies would be in the near horizon and medium horizon. We projected in, this was in 2014, we wow. 2015, we projected that you would have des- 
for the right price, if you had, and we were looking at warlords, particularly in drug dealers, okay, that you would have the capability of having desktop quantum by 2020 to 2022, and that you would have the ability to have the avatar technology active and available no later than 2030. Wow. It was already in the works. And we knew that what we, and the, the assessment when you do those type of assessments is if it exists in the open source, you are, it already exists. If you're within 20 years, it already exists in the lab. That's just a simple rule that you can follow. I think you know as well that the labs are at least 20 years ahead, sometimes 50. Yeah, I believe dep- it. Depending on where you're at. So if you can say, if you can establish that it's available in the open source market, like that avatar mental bridge to a biologically grown replicant or whatever you want. That idea was the super soldier concept. That means that in the labs, they're already doing it and they probably have had measures of it deployed that we don't know about. That's, that's the bottom line assessment when you were doing the type of assessment we were doing. So it's pretty phenomenal, what we're dealing with here. Yeah. Harold Couts, um, I had, I interviewed him and I haven't gotten it completely. I put it up on my rumble, but he talks about, story and these were i think these were german guys he was talking to he's from germany and it's this this avatar concept that you can be taken over as a human being you can actually be taken over by your avatar that they can that they have some kind of uh you know and and this is i didn't catch all the information but it but basically a a bridge like to a, a controlling spirit and he tells a story that these guys that worked in this world this kind of black ops situation with this programming one of them was complaining that their girlfriend or something was not you know she kind of wasn't treating him very well and seemed and she he was afraid she was having affairs i don't remember the whole story but anyway and they said to him they said oh that's no problem we could fix that and like overnight she changed now it's a story uh by but it's but it's from you know somebody that claims this was a you know, I, he had no reason, I think, to lie to me. But nonetheless, the you know, the, we don't know. But I, if that's real, then it, and he said, Couch, Couch, or Harold Couch said, he said a, a great number of people have actually already been abs- subsumed. And that's the, the are we in a matrix in this AI taking us over one by one? No, that's a really thing. interesting. That gets right into the real matrix story. Yeah. That really is the matrix. You don't need cords. You know, those old movies of the Matrix, that was the idea that we had to be plugged in. That was before the wireless world that we have today. Now we know you don't have to be plugged in. You just have to have a, a something in you that works as an antenna. Oh, my DNA. Or maybe maybe the graphene-enhanced DNA or something else. Again. Or 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 your earbuds. Right. Or this, yes. Or But it, I think you have to have, this is part of the geoengineering Whatever this is, the geoengineering is not just about putting barium salts into our soil. It's about putting it in in such a fashion that it creates piezoelectric crystals. So it's again, and we're talking wavelength. It's not, it's not, if you look at the plants dying from, from some of the stuff being sprayed, it's not, or, or their growth being hampered, you know. It's not because of the actual amounts. Like in 1880s in the Industrial Revolution in England, they were spewing out all sorts of toxic uh, heavy metals, but it wasn't doing what we're seeing happen today. And what's happening now is because when these planes are giving this out, I got this from uh, geoengineeringwatch.org, the guy who runs that. um, I'm blank on his name right now. Very good site, though. Um, And he was saying 
that, yeah, when it comes out of there, it's actually been transformed into piezoelectric crystal. And then Harold Kautz explained that when you get these in your set, it makes sense. When you have a piezoelectric crystal in you, with with motion, with stress, these crystals flex and they move and they they emit wavelength and they do things to you. Hmm. Be calm, so, be centered, be in prayer. We always close with a prayer. Yes. It's okay, I'll do a prayer. Great. Father, I want to thank you for this blessed meeting once again. And always a great conversation with Dr. Lee Merritt. And just pray for her and, and her family just to continue to be strong in these times, to continue to pursue, pursue truth and reveal truth. And to just expose so much of the, the lies and deception that we have in this world. We're truly blessed in this time, Father, for so many eyes and ears that are watching and listening and seeking that right path ahead of us. We just pray that the conversations we've had today will continue to encourage people to be strong in that path and direction and finding you and anchoring you in that true relationship through Christ. And we say in these things in Christ Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So once again, a great conversation. Where can people find your stuff? Thank you. Yeah, themedicalrebel.com and Telegram. Yeah, I've started. I used to, my Telegram used to just be medical stats, but now I've decided to put up any interesting thing that I think is really Oh, it's a great channel. Unique. No, I, I just, and I, so, you've got a good number of subscribers, um, over 7,500, which on Telegram is no small thing. Well, good. And it's a, it's a really good channel. I really recommend it. I'll talk it up tonight as well because good. it's Thank you. one of my, I'm always interested to see what you come up with. I'm always checking. You it. know, I, I have fun on True Social, but I got to say Telegram is nice because that is an education channel. You want to learn something, you go to, if I want to learn about the Tartarians thinking, I go there. If I want to learn about free energy, I can find a free energy channel. If I want to learn World War II history, you can find that. I mean, it's really, really interesting. Well, I find Telegram, Telegram's kind of like raw research. It reminds me of the older 4chan or 8chan. And I I really don't like other social medias too much because everybody's got some agenda that they want to push. Right. Telegram's just raw. Yeah, just puts it out there. You figure it out. Yeah, and that's it. You're going to, and, you know, it's like the Bard's official family room is is really nice. There's so much information that's cross-linked and shared in there. It's a tremendous discussion. So Nice. It's really good. Well, Dr. Merritt, I hope you have a very blessed new year. Thank you. And, And a late Christmas with your family. Thanks. <laughs> and we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. You bet. God bless. See ya. So Patriots, that was Dr. Lee Merritt. Part two. If you didn't hear part one, it's already posted. It's up there and you can check that out. It's a good part one too. Lots to consider. I'll tell you, there's a lot of things in our world that gets more bizarre by the day. Rabbit hole after rabbit hole. Got to keep our eyes on the prize, though. Literally keep our eyes forward in this whole time. Uh, Dr. Lee Merritt's telegram is Lee Merritt, MD, colon, Freedom Doc 1. Lee Merritt, MD, uh, colon, Freedom Doc 1. Really encourage you to check out that channel. She keeps a lot of good stuff going, a lot of great discussions, things to think about. It's pretty awesome. So, And then her website is The Medical Rebel, themedicalrebel.com. The Medical Rebel, TheMedicalRebel.com. So you can check those all out and share them with friends and family so that they can, you can encourage the mind meltdown for those that are not accustomed to the world of the awakened. And that's not woke, just so we can, don't confuse that one. This is the world of the awakened. Welcome to the world of the awakened. That's pretty good. I might have to use that in an intro. I like that. All right, Patriots. 
I hope you have a very blessed evening. This is the prelude show to the New Year's Eve tomorrow night, which we're going to be on from 8.30 until midnight tomorrow night. That'll cover every time zone in the United States. East Coast, Central, Mountain, Pacific. We're getting to celebrate the New Year, so you're going to get it over and over. We're going to have our mod, some of our mods call in tomorrow, which is going to be great. And we're just going to have some regular down-home good old chat. So who knows what we'll come up with. I'm sure a lot. Don't worry. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, as far as a regular weekday show, this is the last weekday show for 2022. And tomorrow will be a special Saturday night Christmas, or New Year's Eve show, so don't miss it. You'll enjoy it. But this is the last of the 2022 shows for the weekday. We start on 2023 come Monday. Thank you for an incredible 2022 year, and we'll talk more about that tomorrow, but thank you very much. It's been amazing. We've endured some of the stupidest stuff I could have ever imagined. And as I wrote in chat, never in my life did I think I'd be talking about some of the things that we're talking about now, like men getting pregnant on a podcast. That just was not on my radar. Father, oh my goodness, give us strength. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow night. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I wanna feel something. I just wanna breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I wanna feel something. Let me get back in my body. Close to me, look how it is.